Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Today's September 9th, 2021. Two days from now, uh, we are going to experience the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks that happened in New York City, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and um, the Pentagon. And I remember that day. What a terrible, terrible day. And it, you know, it seems like time has passed. And now we have a generation of kids who never experienced what this was like. And it seems like people just sort of want to forget it. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think these things should be taught uh, in every high school uh, and probably even middle school to, rem uh, you know, so the kids can see actually what happened on our soil. I did see some interesting news articles or news, news broadcasts on television that showed some teachers actually doing a really great job explaining what happened and, you know, making it real to these students because it's just as real to those of us that witnessed 9-11 all those years ago. So my question to you, um, drop me an email uh, or respond to this podcast uh, if you see it posted on Facebook or, or Twitter or wherever. Where were you on 9-11? Where were you when you saw the buildings come down? Uh, I was in Cincinnati. And I remember crying and just uh, talking to my sister, Tammy, at the time and just saying, you know, this this is our generation's Pearl Harbor. It's that moment. And you never think about, you know, we, we're living in interesting times. You never really think about your living in history. But we were, didn't even know it. And the world has been a very dangerous place ever since. But, you know, as we look back at, 9-11, um, you know, just to kind of keep with the theme of this show, there was other terrorist attacks that actually happened on American soil. And uh, we can all think back and remember the Oklahoma City Federal Building, the bombing in 1995. Um, but there was actually another bombing, historically. And I'm going to keep this show brief, and I'll definitely be doing another one over the weekend. But until the Oklahoma City bombing, um, the worst before that, the worst act of terror that ever occurred on American soil happened at uh, 12.01 p.m., September 16th, also, also September, a few days away, in 1920. And this, this is, um, I actually pulled up an old article I'm going to read to you as well that goes back to that. But basically what had happened 
Wall Street was bombed on September 16th, 1920. And that, that is something that fails to hit the history books. Unless you're just a history buff and just come across this and know this. Um, but September 6th, 1920, a wagon pulled up close to the offices of uh, J.P. Morgan right on Wall Street. It was a horse-drawn wagon, probably really fancy, painted red, as some people recall. And at the time, J.P. Morgan was the richest and one of the most powerful men in the country and, and the world. And he was hated. He was widely hated. The driver of the wagon ran, pulled up the wagon up, kind of like a car bomb. You know, we, we remember the uh, first... Back in the 90s when uh, somebody tried to take out the uh, um, one of the Twin Towers um, by parking a, uh, a van filled with explosives in the garage. So this is kind of like that. He pulls the wagon up, flees. A few minutes later, there's this huge explosion. According to some of the things that I read, the blast itself is just enormous. But what made it worse, it was like one of those, one of those bombs like that's Sarnev guy used in uh, in Boston during the marathon. There were these cast iron bolts that was put in here. They sprayed every direction like bolts. 38 people were killed. Hundreds were wounded. The bombing mostly killed low-level office workers. Um, J.P. Morgan was not even in town that day. The attack caused about $2 million in damages. At that time, and today's money, we're probably looking at close to thirty million. No group ever claimed responsibility for the attack, though. I mean, nowadays we have groups that will claim responsibility, whether they did the act or not. Uh, the crime was never solved, and today it's still a mystery. But authorities immediately began suspecting that the bombing was the work of either anarchists, which were active in New York, or and here's the scary thing, because you've heard me mention cultural communists a bunch on this show, uh, that it was the work of either communists or anarchists. Now, keep in mind this point in history, communists had just taken control of Russia back in 1919, uh, with the Bolshevik Revolution, if anybody wants to go look that up, and they renamed it the Soviet Union in 1922. Uh, a lot of Americans were worried that the communists were working to undermine the United States as well at that time, and they were. One of my favorite authors, everybody knows my favorite authors, F. Scott Fitzgerald, he actually wrote a short novella called Mayday that referred to the communists at that time during uh, the 1920s. Really interesting book. Go read it. it was actually, I think it took place in 1919, the setting. Well, anyway, this led to what everybody in this country saw as the Red Scare, uh, American communists. Uh, particularly at that time, a lot of more immigrants. They were actually they were targeted by law enforcement, so yes, they were profiled. Anarchists were viewed as being similar to communists, but they were, I guess, thought to be more likely to commit acts of violence than communists. Uh, I don't, yeah, over. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that from what I read, but um, they they wanted to overthrow all forms of government. The uh, the anarchists did, but both the communists and the anarchists they were kind of thrown into the same group and they were called Reds, you know, because uh, the international communist flag and other symbols were always red, so they just called them Reds. Uh, so the communists and the anarchists were both considered uh, 
that bankers and stock traders are enemies of the people. Saw them as total scum. These people that were peddling in any kind of wealth had to die. So they, you know, they were not shy about that. And because Wall Street was a center of stock trading and banking, it just sort of came natural that the communists and anarchists would probably want to attack it. So here is an article that came out of uh, the Wall Street Journal, or actually uh, of the New York Times. It was on the on the Wall Street attack. This came out the next day, September seventeenth, nineteen twenty. It's titled "Explosion on Wall Street." An explosion killed thirty and injured probably three hundred others at Broad and Wall Streets yesterday at noon. A time bomb was believed to have caused the blast. Its explosion shattered windows for blocks around and created great panic throughout the Wall Street area. The street where the explosion occurred was filled with the bodies of dead and injured victims. Police say the disaster was caused by a bomb that was left in an uncovered one-horse wagon. The wagon was parked directly across the street from the J.P. Morgan building. It is suspected that Morgan was the intended target, and for that reason, 30 detectives were placed around his home uh, last night. No arrest has been made as of yet, but authorities are convinced the terrible blast was the work of Reds. Middle-class workers were victims. The attack was carefully plotted and executed, but it does not seem to have hit its intended target. Men of wealth and power escaped any harm, and the great force of the blow fell on the middle-class workers. The plotters evidently timed the bombing for an hour when the streets would be crowded, but they chose a time when only clerks and messengers were on the street. The big bankers were all safely indoors or away from Wall Street, and Morgan himself was in Europe. Money and gold were safe. Though the explosion occurred within yards of fabulous riches, the amount missing last night was only around 80000 Some of that was dropped by messengers and might be recovered, while some of it might have been destroyed. Around $900 million worth of gold was stored in vaults on the street where the explosion occurred, but none of it was lost. In addition, Morgan's vaults and those of other famous banks in the area contained many millions of dollars. However, not a dollar was lost except that little bit that was being carried by messengers when the blast occurred. Within minutes of the explosion, trading was halted. The focus of Wall Street quickly shifted to protecting the billions of dollars that were suddenly endangered. Around Broad Street, the stock exchange was running at full steam when the blast occurred after William H. Remick, president of the stock exchange, heard the terrific roar, followed by terrified cries and running footsteps, he quietly said, I think we had better stop trading for the day. A second later, Remick rang the gong that closed the trading houses for the day. The wires flashed the news of the closing, and a few moments later, trading houses and other big cities shut down as well. All will reopen today. Wow. So, you know, it's it's terrible to see what happened. Um, you know, in these places, you know, so terrorism has happened here before. Um, when you see that happen, I don't know, in the, in the recent memory, do you have visions of streets burning and buildings burning and people out rioting? I mean, it brings, it brings back some of those memories of those, you know, those days of what they call the Reds that were uh, wreaking havoc and Plotting in silence and, and secrecy to uh, to harm Americans and you know you know the wealth center. So anyway, as we get close to nine eleven, 
Um, you know, I, th I think of all the folks that, that have suffered since that time. People who have lost loved ones in war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, the, you know, the, the blood and treasure that's been spilled. And for whatever reason, the debacles that have happened and Americans still trapped in Afghanistan, regardless of what our politicians tell us, uh, that they may be there willingly or not, or, you know, it's, so many bad things could possibly happen and probably will. But as we get close to 9-11, um, take a moment of silence to remember where you were at that day and how you felt. And if you're the kind of person like me that keeps a journal uh, or, or likes to write things down, write down the emotions that you felt that day and then how you feel today. It's amazing how over 20 years perspectives change um, because we have more history behind us. But the sadness of the loss doesn't doesn't go away. Uh, there's the sheer shock and horror. Anytime you see those buildings coming down, people jumping out of windows to to not burn to death. I mean, these things these things are still haunting. And uh, I know this is kind of a somber episode, but um, it is uh, the 20th anniversary. And let us hope, and let us hope and pray that as we get to the 20th anniversary, we don't see any other you know, terrorist attacks um, on this country that, you know, some people may want to perpetrate just because that's the anniversary and it makes them feel, feel powerful. And, uh, yeah, just remember those fallen soldiers and the honor and dignity at which they carried themselves and the bravery of those people who took that plane down in that field in Pennsylvania so that it didn't go to the White House or the Capitol building. And, um, you know, let's... Let's think about who we hold accountable for our foreign policy, because there are a lot of people that are in power that don't have kids of their own or families of their own over there. It's always folks that are like, like you listening to the show, working class, hardworking taxpayers, people from everyday walks of life, uh, business owners, you know, what, whatever, blue collar, white collar. It's our families that pay the brunt. You know, we, we pay we pay the cost in taxes. We pay the cost in blood and treasure to our own families and friends. So keep those things in mind. And as we move forward past 20 years after 9-11, let's hope we make our country a better place. I, one of the best things about that ever came out of that was the day after. Everybody in America was one. We had a great spirit, a spirit of unity and love for one another and respect for one another. Regardless of politics, we weren't political, we were Americans, and that was beautiful. Let's see if we can get back to that. Thanks again for listening to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'll be back soon with something probably a little bit more fun. In the meantime, I'm going to go finish listening to the rest of, enjoying the rest of UFO Congress this week. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to go to that this year, it's virtual. Go to ufocongress.com. There's a store on there where you can buy some really cool stuff too. And uh, you can actually, if you go on, even if you Pay for the entry now. you got all those sessions that you can go back and watch. A lot of great films that were submitted to. So I've been watching films, documentaries, listening to um, contactees and abductees and their stories, listening to people like uh, Lou Elizondo. A lot of great speakers, actually. So the, the folks that are running it this year are doing a great job. And I think one of their names are Kathy Brard. And uh, I want to thank her for giving me the pass. 
And uh, thanks to uh, our pal on the show here, Heidi Gad, for getting me in. UFO Congress is fun, y'all. So go enjoy. Thanks again. I'll see you down the road.